Hey guys, my name is Josh, and depending on which uh, podcast you're listening to right now, this is either the You Make the Scene podcast or Musicians for Mental Health. Uh, This week I've got a really cool kind of hybrid episode, so if you're listening to the You Make the Scene podcast, this is episode number 142. Um, If you are listening to Musicians for Mental Health, this is episode number seven of season two. Um, Really wanted to do kind of a hybrid for this one because the guest on this show is Daisy Draper. Uh, She does this really cool blend of spiritual pop and mental health is such an important focus within her music um, that we thought it would be cool to kind of use this episode on both podcasts um, to raise a little bit of awareness, but also to kind of set up a multi-part series that we're going to do with her um, covering a couple different topics uh, over the coming month or two. Um, and yeah, so I just wanted to kind of preface that. We talk about a lot of cool stuff with music as well in this episode. So if you are listening to the You Make the Scene podcast, definitely stick around, find out who Daisy is, go explore her music. Um, and then for the musicians for mental health side, obviously, you know, we're talking about uh, trauma recovery, anxiety, um, holistic healing, and all of these uh, topics very briefly in this episode, but with the intention of expanding on in future episodes. So uh, let's just dive into this because I think you guys are going to enjoy it regardless of which podcast you're listening to. This is my conversation with Daisy Draper. Uh, So to start things out, I do start with the same boring ass question every time. Simple (laughs) introduction. (laughs) Who are you and a little background on yourself? Yeah, so my name's Daisy Draper. Um, I make a lot of content in regards to mental wellness, uh, holistic health, natural health, spirituality, but I also am a pop artist and I make music about, most recently the theme has been healing and trauma recovery, but um I've coined the term spiritual pop, but all that means is that I'm blending elements of health and wellness into pop music and trying to make these, um, trying to make wellness and healing more accessible and even mainstream because it seems a little taboo. It's starting to become more popular now, but I still think even in more of this modern pop music world, it's like, Oh, we need to be cool. We need to be edgy. We need to be this. And I'm like, I mean, I really don't give a fuck about being cool. I just want people to like heal their lives and feel good. So where can I, you know, how can I merge my passions? And so it's kind of been this journey of trying to figure out how to blend all of these elements together. Yeah. Yeah. No. And I think that's the the really cool thing. Cause I think you're absolutely right. You know, society is finally starting to shift where they're acknowledging that, you know, you should be taking care of mental health and you should be doing these things, but there's still so much stigma around it that it's like, well, you should do those things, but it's not cool to do those things. The cool thing is to do this over here. And it's like, but, but that doesn't help me, like you said, heal and move forward. 
Um, so I think it is really interesting with what you're doing, where it's this, you know, that mainstream kind of visibility of, you know, it sure go out and, and do the cool edgy thing. But at the end of the day, make sure you're taking care of yourself and make sure that you're in a safe place mentally. Absolutely. It's like almost I've seen this theme um, that self-deprecation is like cool and funny. And I I definitely use humor a lot because it <laughs> keeps things lighthearted. And it's honestly a good uh, reprieve when you're doing this healing work. It's pretty confronting. It's scary. Um, it's uncomfortable to confront aspects of yourself that, you know, you may not have been aware of, and you may not be aware of the root cause and et cetera, and et cetera. And even being aware of the body, which is, um, really the gateway into be healing yourself overall, because when you are not aware and you're and you're doing like numbing behaviors and um, things of that nature, you aren't really like aware of the sensations in your body that signal to you that something's wrong. And then out of nowhere, you'll just kind of be like, oh, wait, (laughs) where did this illness come from? Or where did these symptoms come from? Or what have you? So yeah, there's a lot of rhetoric in I even think like pop culture and pop music, most definitely that it's cool to be self-deprecating and that like trauma and all of these things, like sitting in it and letting it consume you is kind of like the narrative. And although it's a necessary step in trauma recovery to become aware of it, feel your feelings. um, And also like, Sometimes it's valid to just sit in that space for a while. Yeah. Um, but, you know, eventually it's time to move past it. And to do that, you have to be very aware of the body, the physical sensations within your nervous system, um, root causes as to why we uh, do different behaviors, as well as like our survival patterns. So I'm just really trying to shift the narrative. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's awesome. And, you know, I think one of the things that as you kind of were talking there, it it reminded me of, um, you know, we, we mentioned society starting to become more accepting of it and, and saying that mental health matters and things like that. And it made me think of shows like 13 reasons why, or euphoria, where the Hollywood perception that they're selling is that mental illness is cool it's, you know, it's the trendy thing. And it's like, but that's not the healthy way to look at your mental health. Yeah. And I think with, um, euphoria specifically, it's been honestly, I think what the intention is, I I don't know per se, but what I would hope is that they're trying to like destigmatize this issue of addiction. Um, and because a lot of these mental health issues, disorders, addiction, et cetera. It's almost like villainized, Mm -hmm. um, like historical, historical narratives have villainized people that struggle with mental health issues. And I think now we're moving towards this perspective of, Oh wait, there's a reason why 
someone <laughs> behaves the way that they do, people don't just lose their minds right. or what have you. And, and also, I think it's important to say that the mental health, the spike in uh, the mental health crisis we see today, I think is a normal byproduct of the society we live in. Correct. Um, our society is sick in nature and not only with uh, poverty, systemic racism, just the horrendous um, narratives that are passed down generation to generation. We have so much kind of like we consume it over our lifetimes, but also the way in which we live, like the food that we eat is like garbage. I mean, in that with the gut brain axis yeah. that affects your mental wellness as well as just like the air we breathe, the water, our screens. And so what we're seeing is honestly quite normal. Like we're not like physiologically meant to be living in the way we are. Yeah. Um, so I just hope to bring that to awareness in the best way that I can. Um, and just try to share as many resources. And anytime I release a song, I try to make it fun, but I'm always integrating healing and education in some way into the content to help right. the consumers and uh, the listeners. Yeah, for sure. And um, that kind of brings us over to your latest single, Anxious, um, dropped about two months ago now. Um, and I think that that's a, a prime example of what you're talking about, where, you know, it, it is this awareness. It's, you know, kind of on the nose, obviously, with the title. Um, but, you know, that blend of of using the music and kind of evoking emotion and uh, introspectiveness through the soundscape, as well as the words, is where I think, you know, music has, there's a reason that that we use music for therapy, right? Like it has the ability to unlock parts of your brain. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and with anxious specifically, it was when I first wrote it, I was actually going through a period in my life where I was learning about attachment styles mm -hmm. and um, anxious versus avoidant versus uh, secure, et cetera. And so I realized that a lot of my behaviors leaned more towards the anxious side with abandonment wounds and what have you. And so the like first, I guess, like uh, stages of the song, the meaning was me overcoming this feeling like when I was uh, dating and things yeah. um, and meeting new people. But then I started to see that it, these reactions and behaviors such as just like pretty much the song is talking about an anxiety attack and everything you think of before it comes. And then the chorus is like, shit, here it is. <laughs> um, so I started to realize that not only did this show up in attachment styles, but it showed up in various aspects of my life because I wasn't training the mind. I wasn't connected to the body. I wasn't aware of the warning signs within my nervous system that led up to a panic attack because yeah. I was so numbed out. And, um, also just like running off of stress hormones and I wasn't even aware. 
And so I started to see like, wait a second, this is a bigger issue. And this bleeds into so many other facets of wellness. So I tried to market the song, like just anxiety, awareness and recovery and how little we actually know about this mm-hmm. and the ways treatment has been, um, almost ineffective. Like we're just putting blankets over the issues or like band-aids and we're not really looking at the root cause, like absolutely any, I'm sure 90% of people in the world, but most definitely in America have some sort of issue with anxiety. Um, but to just say, Oh yeah, that's what I have. That that's just who I am is like, for one valid, because that's all we're taught, but also bypasses that there actually is a root cause Mm -hmm. and there are actual techniques to help a dysregulated nervous system to come back into homeostasis. And so I tried to empower people, you know, I hope I did (laughs) Uh, (laughs) learning about these things and um, the different factors that go into trauma recovery and calming down the nervous system and anxiety as a whole. Yeah. Yeah. No. And I think, you know, you mentioned kind of noticing the signs, right? So like the self-awareness part of it, I think is a really interesting thing because you do become so numb to it. Like I personally have massive depressive episodes and stuff like that, you know, something I've dealt with my whole life. And you know, I've talked to to some people and talked about how like I'll compartmentalize a lot of things and I don't consciously know that I'm doing it all the time until like the buildup happens, like you said, and then it's like, oh shit, here it is. And it's, it's almost like for anyone that doesn't like know what we're talking about, it's literally watching that storm roll in, right? Like you're, you're sitting in your backyard and you can just see those storm clouds getting closer and closer, but you don't know what to do. Yeah. I need to get up and go inside. I need to go do this thing. But you just sit there and you watch it roll in and then it hits and you're like, fuck, I'm outside in the storm. What did I do? Yeah. And, and that's like, I mean, that's definitely the common narrative because we're the, the, the belief in a lot of like allopathic medicine, which by the way, I'm not like, i still think that allopathic treatment is necessary. Um, and I still think that you know, medicine is valid and needs to be integrated on a case by case basis. But, but they fail to acknowledge um, the full picture. And so what we're told is that our bodies are broken, that our minds are broken, and that we're inherently like wrong, and that we need to be fixed by pharmaceuticals. And in some cases, like symptoms are so severe or life or death, pharmaceuticals need to be, uh, you know, intervened, but most cases, a lot of what we're seeing today, just like modern dis-ease in itself, a lot of this could be mitigated, um, with a lot of practices, mindfulness diet, because also what this leads into it's the science of epigenetics. And what we're seeing is that our genes themselves don't always predetermine illness. So to say that like, oh, my mom and dad suffered from depression and they were an alcoholic. 
it doesn't actually mean that you're destined to be that as well. Now, generational trauma wise, yeah, a lot was inherited (laughs) and you're definitely, you know, more prone to those things just because of the ways in which you were conditioned and the way your brain, like our brains are so malleable as infants. So those were the instructions like coded into the brain. But even so, we're seeing with epigenetics that our lifestyle uh, factors, like the way we live, affects gene expression. And so if we take a look at everything that we're consuming, like on a like wide scale, even like what we see on social media, what we allow, even like our friendships and our families and what we allow and the boundaries that maybe we place or do not place as well as like our work environment. Some of the stuff maybe we haven't unpacked in childhood, most importantly, what we put in and on our bodies. I mean, nutritional deficiencies, like we don't understand how much and how important that is when it goes into mental health and the wellness of our gut and like direct linkages to like schizophrenia. There there are a lot of studies that have been conducted. So, but even with all this awareness and you try to do all of these things, it's still valid. And I still suffer today. I mean, I have episodes, maybe not as often, but they come up. I'm aware and I know what to do, but like the society we live in, it is just so difficult (laughs) to get out of. And so I, I hope that things shift over time and that we find ways to like regulate and come back into community instead of so hyper individual, uh, Mm -hmm. type of living, but yeah. So some of the signs, you know, may include like, well, actually what might may even be more helpful instead of like trying to recognize the signs, because if you're not grounded, you won't even know that they're there in the first place, but just very basic like so basic, it sounds stupid almost, but just practices that you can do on a daily basis will start inching you closer. So we all know about meditation and some people may be like, oh, that's stupid, whatever. But there's plenty of research and data that not only does it like make the brain larger and (laughs) repair like different areas of the brain, neocortex or whatever, but just taking like five minutes out of your day to breathe and just like witness what's inside of your body will make a tremendous difference as you go about your day. Um, even though it's only five minutes, the more that you do it it incrementally and meditation is just one of many practices that you could do, but the more you'll be like, attuned and accustomed to tapping into like the present moment. Yeah. And then in the present moment, you can see like, Oh, maybe I think my heart's racing a little bit or like, wait, I feel this emotion. And additionally, something that's helped me so much with anxiety is instead of being like, shit, I am anxious or I am depressed. I'm just actually stopping for a second and being like, oh, wait, 
there is sadness in my body right now. And I think the sadness is in my like chest or maybe it's in my gut or whatever, but I'm like pinpointing where it's at. And normally just pinpointing it because emotions in itself are like energy. And Mm -hmm. usually they're created by our organs themselves, at least in traditional Chinese medicine, that's what they teach. But if you can just like pinpoint what it is and where it is and like all the while separating yourself from it, that usually lessens the charge of it in your body, like most of the time. And then to go further, there's a lot you can do with inner child work, shadow work, stuff like that. Um, There's actually a shamanic practice called recapitulation where you kind of like expose yourself to the root memory over and over again until it like loses its charge essentially in your body, which really means you're like processing it. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And so the last point I'll make with this too, what's really important to recognize is that trauma in itself is usually like the root cause as to why we have these mechanisms in our nervous system in the first place. And a lot of why we go into depression, like depression spells or anxiety attacks and stuff like that. It's because we can't actually see the reality. We're just Mm -hmm. being reminded of the past. But what's really uh, empowering to know is that trauma, uh, Gabor Mate quotes this in his new book, The Myth of Normal. Um, And he's amazing. And he talks about how trauma is not something that happens to you. It's something that happens inside of you. Yeah. And so the, if we take the time to acknowledge that and see, oh shit. Okay. That means I can actually process this stuff now. I mean, I, I would hope that most people can, but also there are so many economic inequities and like injustices. So not everybody has resources to this kind of stuff, which is another issue, <laughs> but, but just to know, like, maybe I could do some meditation or some like journaling it out, or maybe find like a mentor. Uh, if there's a therapist that you really like and insurance and covers, what have you, whatever helps you like process the emotions and process the experience can move you closer and closer to just actually living your life. Right. Yeah, no. And I, I think there's a bunch there that we can touch on and I think we'll definitely uh, have future episodes so that we can dive into a couple different areas. But one thing, you know, when you talk about, um, well, two things, number one, the, you know, the trauma happening in you versus to you, I think is is really powerful, especially for people to kind of make peace with that something is traumatic to them because trauma looks different to everybody. There's so many events that people go through that one person is traumatized by it, but nine other people are like, no, that's that's just life. And it's like, okay, but to them that that yeah. did something. Yeah. Um, so that's one thing, you know, definitely accepting and acknowledging that if it was traumatic to you, it's still valid. It doesn't matter if it's traumatic to anybody else. Absolutely. Um, 
And then number two is on the meditation side of it, especially with YouTube and stuff like that. Um, I've gotten into with a buddy of mine, we've had a couple of pretty deep conversations on, you know, we're big believers in energy and, and vibes and everybody kind of resonates and has the, it's a real science that your body does vibrate. There are so many videos on YouTube that you can find these meditation videos that are just harmonic tones and find one that works for you, that just kind of centers you, that you can focus on. And you'll be amazed at how quick that resets your mood or resets your mind to a, oh, okay, I can step forward now because I've, I've settled into this spot. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and yeah, to touch on the first point you made, like there's something called like the ACEs scale, I believe with trauma. And mm -hmm. so that's, that's absolutely true. Um, not only do like the ways in which we're raised and things like that, uh, kind of influence the way that we perceive things, but also it's the, like, it's all in the nervous system and, and everybody has a different coping mechanism when it comes to trauma. So maybe the person, and usually it's like a baby boomer that's like, yeah. Oh, back in my day, I was like hit with a shovel and I'm fine or whatever. Yeah. The fuck. And like, that's absolutely absurd. But what they're essentially saying is that, Oh, my way of responding to trauma is suppressing my feelings. And so there's, there's all of this nuance in it, but everybody reacts to it differently. And trauma is a spectrum, but the definition of trauma is anytime you are not fully seen and heard as your authentic self, essentially. And yeah. so there's like capital T trauma where something like horrendous happens to you, like a war veteran or whatever. But then there's also like lowercase trauma or something like that. Um, but there's also like trauma in regards to just bullying in high school or mm -hmm. even just someone maybe not seeing something that or even hearing you in a conversation, maybe it could be something so subtle, but it triggers a memory or it triggers an internalized belief. So I think the point of talking about that is to just be like really sensitive and compassionate to people um, because everybody's brains are different. Our nervous systems are different. Our experiences are different. And the narratives that we create vary from person to person. So yeah. <sighs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I, I'm, I'm right there with you. And I, I think that's the thing is, you know, like it's the saying, you know, it's become trendy and whatnot. The, the saying it's okay to not be okay. That's a true statement as well, but I would take it that one step further and it's okay to not be okay for now. That yeah. doesn't mean you never have to work on yourself. That doesn't mean that you can always suppress these feelings. It's okay to not be okay for now, but you need to, you know, work on yourself um, and figure out like what it would take to be happy. If it means cutting somebody out of your life, then do that. Like, you know, it sucks. I've done it, yeah. but if you're 
if your quality of life is going to improve because you took steps, then nobody can fault you for that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think that statement, um, it's okay to not be okay, could be used wisely in a sense of, okay, well, let me not bypass my emotional experience right now. Um, So like anxiety, for example, anxiety, like (laughs) going back to the anxious song, like anxiety is just a concoctions of emotions that were left unprocessed that just rise in the body. It's like when the nervous system has been stimulated for too long, stress hormones are releasing and unprocessed stuff is just kind of like percolating to the surface. And so if we can take a step to be like, okay, I'm actually not okay right now. Why? What is it? And it allows this like time frame to just integrate and process. And however long that takes, you know, is however long that takes. And I think it's um, also valid to suggest people to take maybe even like months <laughs> because some different hardships affect people, you know, differently. Uh, but I also think that there's a difference in sulking for long periods of time. And also like, I've seen this where they're like, oh, well, I'm just that way because of my trauma or this, this, this. And it's like, sure. Yeah. That's the first step. And that's amazing that you are aware and that you recognize that, but you can't now moving forward, like what are ways that you can start to shift towards integration yeah. And like showing up in a new way so that you actually feel happy with your life and the decisions that you make. Um, yeah. And so that I think that's it, it can be tricky and it's nuanced and it's messy and it's like definitely a case by case thing, depending on what people experience. So it's important to be sensitive to that, but also the narrative again, that it's cool to be edgy and sad, like, no, the fuck it's not like, I, I mean, edgy, cool. Yeah. Whatever. Sure. I, I love it. I was yeah. wearing trip pants in the fifth grade like <laughs> before it was cool. And I was made up, made fun of for it, but, but like, I think it's okay to be sad it's valid to be sad, especially in the world we live in today. Like I'm fucking sad and angry by everything that's going on. But also I don't make that my identity. And I definitely don't make that my like marketing ploy because then you're just infecting other people to just sulk and sit in this, in this space of like, Oh, well, fuck it, I guess. And life sucks. And it's like, sure, like actually objectively, this world is like pretty fucked up. But if you just soak in that, you won't take any action at all to make things better. And like me, you know, or just like one person can't affect everything. Um, And it probably like because of the way things are going, I don't know if things will ever be where we want it to be. But if we at least just use that energy of like the sadness and this grief and whatever, and we take it as like a energetic motivator to take action towards things in our own lives and our own healing journey and for the collective at large, that 
that will create momentum so that things will just very incrementally improve for different communities. So yeah, I, I am definitely not for that <laughs> marketing of like, dang, I'm, I'm the sad kid and whatever. And, and that's okay. Like, but, but what are we, you know, how are we of service? I suppose, like, and how are we of service to ourselves? And I think maybe that's the question artists should be asking, especially ones that have, you know, platforms, um, bigger platforms, like not only how are you, you know, fulfilling your own creative endeavors and uh, healing your inner child by making things you want to make, but like, what are you doing for your community and the people around you too? Right. So, yeah, no, I think, I think that's a really good point for us to kind of wrap this one up since we're both a little short on time. Um, <laughs> this will be the teaser episode for, for what we do in the future. Um, but no, I think you're absolutely right. I think, you know, I don't remember the exact statistic, but it's, you know, something like one person affects five people around them. So when you actually spider web this out, like, like you were saying, like one person's not going to change the world, but one person's going to impact five people around them who are going to impact five people around them. So why would you want to be the negative impact instead of the positive impact to those five people? Um, you know, you mentioned sitting in the sadness and kind of that's going to be, and I've been guilty of it too. So I don't want anybody to think that, you know, I'm on a soapbox with this or anything, but, you know, if you're sitting in your sadness, when you invite those five people into that same energy, well, now they're in the sad energy. So that sadness is just spreading out further when it should be the reverse of that and spreading that positive energy out. Um, and it's a really important thing. And like you said, with musicians, celebrities, whoever, um, anyone with any sort of platform, it's about taking care of yourself first and foremost, as long as you're not a dickhead about it. Uh, <laughs> and there are definitely some of those, but, you know, take care of your, yourself first and foremost, heal your traumas, do your thing. But also as you do that, you know, document that journey to some extent and show people that you're working on yourself, you know, like um, very briefly, we'll, we'll touch on like Justin Bieber has been very, open about that he's went through a lot of mental health um, episodes over the last five, 10 years. Um, and he's been fairly transparent with that. Well, now his fan base sees, okay, this guy that I look up to that I really respect or that I enjoy also goes through life as a shitty fucking human being in this yeah. world that we're in. Yeah. And he's able to move forward and do these things. Some of it may be because of money and stature, but like we were saying at the beginning, there's always something that we can do regardless of our money and stature. Yeah, absolutely. And I just want to touch on the point of um, the sadness portion. I also just want to bring awareness to like the, the various privileges, especially like as a white woman here saying like, don't sit in the sadness. Like right. there are a lot of reasons for other communities, especially for sure. color to be sitting in some sadness. For sure. But, it's just the point of like, don't suppress it and, and like sit in it to the point in which it 
is all consuming. Like the point is to just process your emotions. Don't bypass them. And if you process your emotions, then eventually you'll start to heal and integrate and more positive things will happen in your life because you'll just see through a different lens. Yeah. Like you'll actually be seeing reality instead of just seeing your past come up in different situations. And so, yeah, it's the whole thing of, I guess, spiritual bypassing in itself is really triggering for me because when people are like, be positive, love and light. And it's like, well, we also need to acknowledge these hard feelings. But if we acknowledge the hard feelings, we can incrementally move towards more positive experiences. But even so, sometimes hard and difficult emotions are in itself, maybe for the greater good as well. So it's very nuanced and I could talk about it for a very long time. <laughs> and I'm, I'm sure we will. Like I said, I, I definitely think that we could do like a series, uh, just yeah. you and I, you know, touching on different things and kind of maybe our own personal little workshops to some extent for people to, to dive into stuff. Um, but yeah, so like I said, this will be kind of the teaser episode, I guess, for everybody um, on what we're going to do in the future. Um, obviously, I'll link all your socials, but what's the best way to find you online and and how can people interact with you? Yeah, um, well, you can find me on TikTok. I'm pretty active on there. It's at I am Daisy Draper, as well as on Instagram. I'm definitely very active on there. And just today, I actually released a teaser to a new song. That's going to be coming out on November 4th. Uh, it's called False Flame. So make sure to pre-save that. And you can follow me on Spotify to hear all of that and when it comes out. So, yeah, thank you so much for having me on. And I'm really looking forward to doing more of these conversations. Yeah, absolutely. I am too. And we'll be sure, obviously, to to brag about your song and boost your song as much as we can as well. <laughs> um, but yeah, definitely. I, I think we'll, you know, we'll be in touch, obviously. Let's figure out kind of a format for what we want to do. And um, we'll do like a whole little series. Awesome. Awesome. Cool. All right, Daisy, I appreciate it. Go, you know, do your appointment or whatever you have to do and uh, have a good, good day. You too, Josh. Thank you so much. Bye. And that was my conversation with Daisy. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Again, regardless of which podcast you're listening to, whether it's the You Make the Scene podcast or Musicians for Mental Health, hope you enjoyed that episode. Um, If you do listen to Musicians for Mental Health regularly, I normally put this at the beginning of the episode, um, so you may be familiar with this, but I do always say anytime we talk about mental health um, in detail, especially... um, when we talk about our own personal experiences and things that have helped us, uh, we are not licensed counselors. We are not therapists. We're not mental health professionals. We are just people that have experienced mental health situations and have our own experiences within that and want to shed light on these topics. Um, that being said, again, huge shout out to Daisy. Really looking forward to future conversations with her and doing a multi-part series going over a few different topics. If you guys have suggestions for that, that you would like her or us to discuss, or maybe there's someone out there that you know would be a really 
good, you know, quote unquote expert on a certain topic, uh, definitely let me know and we'll see what we can do on that. Be sure also to follow Daisy. I will have all the socials linked in the description of this podcast. Uh, be sure that you are, you know, following her, supporting her, um, share her music, her posts, things like that. You never know who may need it. So um, huge shout out to her for taking that time. And yeah, that's everything I've got for you guys on this episode. Definitely want you to hit that like, follow, and subscribe um, because we are going to be bringing you a lot of really, really cool content. And, you know, again, Daisy and I are going to do a multi-part series. So really want you guys to be able to keep up on that and see what we do there. So thank you guys so much. Um, As always, remember... Take care of yourselves, take care of each other, and you make the scene.